there's a Chazal which comments on three different Nevi'im. Three Nevi'im who all use the term Eicha. The first was Moshe Rabbeinu. In this week's parasha, Moshe says, Eicha, Esra, Levadi, Tarachachem, Nasachem, Verivchem. How can I take the burden on myself of your, the tircha, the difficulty, the load, so to speak, of needing, of bearing the shouldering the responsibility of Kal Yisrael? The second was Yeshaya, the Sukhs where Yeshaya laments, Eicha hoisa lezayna kirya neemana. How has a city which was faithful neemana gone astray? And the last one is Yirmiya. Yirmiya mourns, Eicha Yashva Badad. And Chazal point out that Moshe Yisra Ra Yisrael Bigadlusa Ramar Eicha. Moshe Sokla Yisrael and his greatness in Sereicha. Yeshaya Ra Bekilkula Ramar Eicha. Yeshaya Sokla Yisrael in the midst of the doing of Eris and said Eicha. And Yeremia saw Klai Yisrael in its destruction and his Eicha too. And the obvious question is, we understand why seeing Klai Yisrael in a sinful state is the reason to say Eicha. We understand why seeing Klai Yisrael in the aftermath of the destruction is the reason to say Eicha. But why would it be appropriate for Moshe who saw Klai Yisrael in the state of its greatness be saying Eicha? And the answer is, we understand obviously that Moshe wasn't saying Eicha about Klai Yisrael's being great. If Moshe was saying Eicha, it was because even though Klai Yisrael was great, but nevertheless, he could have the discerning eye of Moshe you could already make out that with with all that greatness, there were already the seeds which would sprout and blossom and become the bitter fruit of the destruction. And if that's the case, we need to try and understand what were the underlying midas that Moshe could see that Klaishol possessed, even Begadlusa, even in their greatness, that would lead eventually to the distraction, and with Moshe's prescient foresight, he could already say Eicha And Moshe tells us, he says Eicha Esa Levadi Tarchachem Masachem Verivchem. What are these three things? Rashi explains to us Tarchachem that Klal Yisrael would be Tarchonim if they would come for a court case. And they saw they were going to lose. They saw that the judge was more inclined to rule in favor of their opponent. They would say, wait, I have more proofs, I have more arguments, I maybe should run different judges. Umasachem, Rashi brings from the Sifri, that they were Apikarsi. They doubted their leaders. And if Moshe would leave his tent earlier than normal in the morning, the gossip would spread that obviously Moshe's Shalom Bais isn't uh, so wonderful. And if Moshe would leave later than usual, then they would be saying he must have been trying to hatch plans against us. A suspicion, a lack of trust in their leaders. 
And lastly, we read from Rashi brings us a free that they were Rognim. What are Rognim? So Rabbi Yoyna tells us in the end of Shari Shlishi of Shari Tshuva, there's a mid of a Nirgon. A Nirgon is a person who's always looking for reasons to complain. They always feel that things are unfair, that they're being, so to speak, being out-harmed or being not given their, their due share of something. And this myth of being a nirgun, a complainer, could even apply against Hashem. We see many times Klai Yisrael complain that Hashem is being unfair to them, that Hashem hates them. And this word, Berivchem, often comes after Klai Yisrael's complaints that it was a Riv B'nai Yisrael, or with Hashem, which means they came to complain. They came to find fault. Here we have the underlying causes which Moshe can already detect existing in Israel. The first one is the lack of acceptance of the Mishpat, of the judicial system. The second one, a lack of emunas, a lack of respect for their leaders. And the last one, a lack of imun in Hashem. And that is a lack of trust that HaKadosh Baruch is doing this for our best. And Moshe cries out Eicha. Because we, as we're going to see, these middas, even in an ancient form, Moshe could detect, are middas which are going to lead eventually to distra- destruction. Moshe's Eitzah, Moshe's attempt to rectify the problem was to increase the judges. And that's what he brings in the next passage. Let's add to the judges. Let's add to the, so to speak, the amount of people who are responsible for Klai Yisrael. What are these three levels? So these, the levels which Moshe was looking for in Judges was meant to, so to speak, be the response to the three complaints he had against Klai Yisrael. Firstly, Yiduim Neshefteich, Rashi says, people that you yourselves know, that you yourselves trust, people that you expect as your own leaders. And if that's the case, the participation was that if somebody himself respects the leader, accepts the leader, then hopefully they won't be distrustful of the leader. They have to be nevoinim, people of understanding. Because if there would be a question against judges that they don't understand the case, they can't see it from the second perspective, and therefore the losing litigant would feel that the judge didn't fully take into consideration his argument, so somebody who's a novel, somebody who can, so to speak, see both sides of the story, would be somebody who would be better suited to be a judge who was accepted. And lastly, Anashim Chachamim. And Rashi says a very interesting thing. In a very unusual translation of the word, Rashi explains Chachamim as being Ksufim. What does Ksufim mean? I think it comes from the word of the Pasuk in Tehillim, Nechsefa v'gam kol so nafshi l'tshuas Hashem. 
My soul yearns for Hashem's salvation. The Anoshim Chachomim are the Tzadikim who yearn for Hashem's salvation. That's the opposite of a Nirgon. A person who even when he sees Hashem's salvation looks to complain. The opposite is the person who on the contrary eagerly anticipates and awaits Hashem's salvation. And therefore the appointment of the Shoftim was meant to offset, was meant to correct the three Midas Ros which Moshe said Klai Yisrael possessed. And they all come from the same Sherush. Klai Yisrael called an Ang And therefore accepting, respecting authority doesn't come easily to Klai Yisrael. Whether it's the authority of the leader, whether it's authority of the Beistin, of the judicial system, or even whether it's deference for the rulership and the leadership of Hashem. But let's follow the progression. What Moshe saw just at the dawn of Klai Yisrael's history, Yeshaya notices as the cause of their wrongdoing. Yeshaya ro Yisrael b'kilkulo. He saw them in their in their doing bad, in their evil, and he says Eicho. And he puts all these things, three things into the Pasuk as well. Let's look at it together. The first question, the unanswerable question, Yeshaya poses. How could it be that a Kirya Neemona, a city which had once been faithful, has become a Zayna, has strayed, has become faithless? Malayasi Mishpat, a city which was full of justice, there was a rule of law. And, as he says in the next pasuk, where there had been previously the rule of law, now it's kaspech hoyer Your silver is no longer pure silver. It's a silver plate of, of a base metals. It's mixed with impure elements. Savech mal Your wine is mixed with water. It's not pure wine. There's been a breakdown in the system of justice, of fairness. And lastly, Tzedek Yolinbo, a place where Tzedek, where righteousness had resi- once resided, but Ve'atom Ratzchim, now it's become a haven of murderers. What are the three things Yeshai is lamenting about? Exactly how he saw these three minutes that came to fruition. The first, the lack of respect and a lack of trust in Hashem. It starts as complainers. And it ends with, It's no longer a city of Imuna, of faithfulness. It's become a Zayna. It's become a city which is not faithful. A city where we have a And the second point, a place where which Malayasi Mishpat, which had been filled with mishpat, which had been ruled by Torah law, where the word of the base and the Sanhedrin was final. It's no longer like that. And as a result, everybody is cheating, everybody is being dishonest. And lastly, that refers to 
so to speak, the lack of acceptance of the of the base of the Sanhedrin, of the judicial system. And lastly, Tzedek Yarinbo. It had been a place of Tzedek, of righteousness, a place of Tzedekim. And now, Atzomeratzchim. Now it's become a den of murderers. This refers to the lack of respect of leadership, of authority. Because when there is respect for the leader, so then that shapes the society. And if the leader is a tzaddik, then it will shape a society of tzaddik, of righteousness. And when there's no respect for leadership, then atomeratzchim, we have a society of murderers. And it's not a chiddush just of the pasuk, it's exactly what the mission says in Pirkei Avos. And Chalina bin Askanim Oimer, have a mispalel l'shleimishal malchus, tavern for the welfare of the kingdom, of the king. Because without that sense of authority and the fear that it instills in people, then people would swallow each other alive. When there's no respect for a king, then society can degenerate to the stage where they're murderers. And that's what Yeshaya laments about. He saw how these three midas had sunk deep roots into Klai Yisrael and how it had corrupted them. They were no longer faithful to Hashem. They no longer respected Halacha or the Dayanim. And they had no sense of fear for authority. And as a result, it was a society of Ovedavadizar, a society of murderers. And this continued until the destruction, until the Khurban. And then we get to the third part of the Midrash. Yirmiya Ra Yisrael Benivula. Yirmiya saw Klai Yisrael in its disgrace, in its destruction. And he said, Eicha too, but not just one Eicha. If we look in Megillus Eicha, we find three Eichas. The first paragraph of Eicha starts, Eicha Yoshva Badot. The second parak of Eicha, Eicha Yoiv Ba'apoy Hashem. Had Hashem's anger caused that Hishlich Mishamayim Eretz Tiferes Yisrael. And the third Eicha is in the fourth parak of Eicha, Eicha Yuam Zav, Yishne Akesem Atoyv. How has the gold been dimmed? What are these three Eichas referring to? These three Eichas are referring to the punishments that Klai Yisrael received for the three faults we mentioned. Let's start with the last one first. Eicha Yuam Zav How the gold has been dimmed. Tishtapech Navne Koydesh The stones of holiness have been spilled out. What's it referring to? Chazal tells us it's referring to the death of King Yoshia, the last great king, the last tzaddik of the kings, the last one who had the opportunity and the potential to avert the Khurban and turn around Klai Yisrael. And the people didn't listen to him. When he began his nationwide tribal campaign and he tried to enforce Shmir Satara, there was no respect for authority. 
behind their doors and behind his back, people continue to do what they did before. And the result was, if we don't respect our great leaders, we lose them. How the gold has been dimmed and the Avnei Kodesh have been spilled out. Yirmiyahu said, referring to the untimely and tragic death of King Asia, when he was shot by hundreds of arrows by the Egyptian marksmen and killed. Killed for thinking that Klai Yisrael had listened to him. And they were in fact a righteous nation when they weren't. That was a terrible punishment that Klai Yisrael got for the lack of respect for authority. The lack of respect for our leaders. The second Eich of Yerbiah. We know that the Sanhedrin the supreme halachic authority, the supreme judicial body of Klai Yisrael sat in the base of Megdash. The Kuzari explains that the reason for that was because HaKadosh Baruch Hu ensured that there was a certain Ruach HaKadosh which rested on the Sanhedrin and guided them to give the correct Pesach. And for that they needed a connection to the source of Ruach HaKadosh which was in the base of Megdash. And ever since we lost that. Based on Mingdash, we no longer have the authority of a Sanhedrin. We can no longer act on capital cases. We can no longer enact Stakonas the same way. That was the rule of Halacha. And yet, when Klai Yisrael lost their respect for the authority of Halacha, they didn't accept the Sanhedrin. Then, what had happened, as it says in the second Eicho, is Hishlich Mishamayim Eretz Deferis Yisrael. The glory of Klal Yisrael. It's referring to Beis Mikdash not as a place of Korbanus, but rather as a place of connection. It was thrown down from Shemayim to the ground. As the Apostle carries on, Chilel The nobles, the judges, were defiled. They were exiled and they lost their connection to Torah. We lost the Sanhedrin. As a result of, of a lack of our respect for the rule of Halacha, the words of the Dayanim. And lastly, the third Eicha, where Yermia starts to say, Eicha Yoshua Bodod, Ha'ir Rabosiyam. How she sits desolate, the city which had once been populous. How could Yerushalayim be destroyed? It was something nobody could believe. The entire world thought that Yerushalayim was invincible. No one could believe that an enemy would be able to enter the gates of Yerushalayim. Nobody could imagine that an enemy would be able to destroy the base of Mikdash. Because everybody thought of the base of Mikdash as the Kiryo Ne'emono, as the place of, where people relied on Hashem, as a place where therefore Hashem did miracles. But when Klai Yisrael lost their Emun in Hashem, 
and Klayashal became unreliable, then they lost Hashem's protection. It was no longer a Kiri Nehemana. It was no longer a, Kira, a city which was protected. And therefore she now sits alone in mourning. And this was a punishment for our lack of respect for Hashem, our lack of Emunah and trust in His leadership, in His direction, which led to avoid the Zara and eventually led to the Khurban. So we see the Eicha of Moshe, the Eicha of Yenshaya, and the Eicha of Yirmi are not three separate things. It's a very tragic progression. Moshe foretells what Yeshaya can see. And Yirmiya laments what the results bring to. And really this is a Chazal. The Klai were only destroyed after they were Koifer. They rejected the Malchus of Hashem and the Malchus of Beis David and the Beis Amikdash. They lost these three levels and that's why they were punished these three ways. And therefore, before Teshuvah, we can chart the course which led to the destruction. But there's hope as well. Because if we can see what's the, where were the faults lay, we know what we need to fix. We know what we need to work on. To correct the mistakes which eventually led to the Khurban. Work on Abitachan and Hashem. Accept the authority of the Torah leaders. And abide faithfully to the Allah. And then we can attack in the faults which began the process. And something we daven for every day. All these three things. Because we understand that's what's going to lead eventually to the goal. And we say every day in davening, Hashem, restore our judges as a fold. Bring back the Sanhedrin. Bring back the society which is ruled by Halacha. Our guides, our leaders, they're there to give us advice. Give us back the leaders that we used to have. The kings, the Navim, who could lead Klai Yisrael on the Derech of Hashem. And lastly, Hashem, you alone rule over us. We daven for the restoration of the Shaftim. The restoration of the power of the rule of Allah. We daven for the Yayatseinu. For our leaders, for our guides to advise us. And we daven for Rule over us, Hashem, yourself. Make your anhoga clear that we can follow you. And then once we've achieved these three things, then we can look forward to the God. Yishai and Avi finishes like that too. I'll restore your judges of old. And I will restore your advisors as they had been before. You'll go back to being a city of reliability in Hashem. And then Sion will be saved. 
Ve'ir HaTzedek. Ve'ir which is shaped, the culture and the society which is shaped by the Tzedek, by the leader. Akira Ne'emana, a city of reliability to Hashem. And Tzim V'mishpati Pada. We'll be restored, we'll be saved through the rule of Allah. Bimhera Amen.